turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 92. And uh, we've been talking really about life and how you can love life and how you can flourish in life. And uh, that's why I'm so amped up on life. Uh, because God is good and God wants you to flourish. God wants you to prosper. He wants to bless you. Um, but there are some things that uh, you and I are required to do um, according to Scripture. And if we do those things, if we walk in obedience to God's Word and we live a life of faith and we live a life in accordance to the Word of God, that God blesses us. How many of you guys have experienced that before? Okay? Five of you. All right. The rest of you need to apply the Word of God and maybe you'll begin to experience that as well. And uh, I know for me, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my dad was a pastor for a season of my life, and I, I just learned some great, I'm not going to say morals because a lot of people have good morals, but I learned some great biblical principles. And I've applied those biblical principles to my life, and, and although my, I haven't been perfect by any means, I'll tell you what, I've learned this, that when I apply the Bible to my life, life sure is a whole lot better. Amen. And, uh, and so honestly, as a pastor, uh, I'm not here to try to, on a Sunday morning, I'm not here to try to convince you or persuade you really into anything. I'm just here to tell you what I see in Scripture, let you take that and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? And that's, you know, that's really my job. I know sometimes it might feel like I'm persuading you. That's just because I'm so passionate about what I believe. And, uh, and, but really, man, I just want to lay some things out there. And that's what we've been doing over the last three weeks is we've been talking about being planted. Being planted, and uh, we've been talking about, there's, there's many things you can be planted in. You need to be planted in good, solid doctrine, which is Bible teaching. You need to be first and foremost planted in Jesus Christ because he's the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. But we've been talking about being planted in the local church, that there is a value to that and that we see that in Scripture. And so hopefully you've been taking this, this uh, series and you've been looking at the Scripture and you've been processing that for yourself and uh, you've been finding that place. I was talking with a new couple this morning and uh, they were browsing our website and they, they noticed we had mentioned some other churches on our website. And we do because for me, um, yes, ultimately I would love for this to be your church. Don't get me wrong, okay? But I understand that maybe my style isn't your style. Maybe our style of worship isn't your style. But that's what's so great about the kingdom of God and the diversity of churches uh, that are represented in this city. Um, and so it's my prayer and my heart that you would just get planted in a church, in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, God-fearing church, okay? And so maybe at the end of this series, you realize the value of being planted, but maybe you're like, you know, Urban's cool. You know that pastor? He's a really cool guy. He's got a good-looking wife. Come on, somebody. But you know what? It's just not my style. Hey, that's okay, man. Just let us know. We want to help find that church for you where you can get planted because there is, there is, there is something uh, about being planted that just causes your life to flourish. We've been looking at this in Scripture, and uh, we see uh, uh, in our first couple of messages together that we, we kind of came up with this definition of planted together as, we, as we've looked at the Word of God. Because uh, I looked up the, the dictionary definition of planted, and it just resorts back to a plant. It's a plant of any kind. And so this is the definition we came up with. Implanted, it's to be set firm in soil, creating an environment in which further growth can take place. To be plant firm in soil. Now, if you missed any of these messages, you can go to our website and get them. So we talked about what that soil is in our first message. But to be, plant, to be firm in the soil, creating an environment in which further growth can take place. Now, in Psalm 92, as we read it today, we're going to see this, that it talks about the house of the Lord. And it says this in 1 Timothy 3.15, because uh, we believe the house of the Lord, as it talks about in the scripture, is talking about being planted in a local church. 1 Timothy 3.15 says this, I write to you that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church 
of the living God. Now, obviously, that's talking about the church worldwide, the, the church that's pe- preaching the scriptures. Um, but in essence, we're talking about, man, being planted in that local church where you can have community, where people can challenge you. How many of you guys like to be challenged? See, nobody. Oh, there's a few people over there. All right. Let, just keep your hands up. Look over there. If you need somebody to challenge, just look around the room right now. Now, I don't know if anybody really particularly likes to be challenged, but that is one of the benefits of being planted in a local church, that we can challenge each other. And how do we challenge each other? On in God, uh, that we encourage each other in the Lord, which is the, house of, uh, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And so we've been talking about that. And then the last couple of weeks, we talked about the benefits of being planted in the local church, one of which being nurtured. Uh, that you get nurtured there, and then the last week we talked about that you have a place, that you belong to something, and that feeling of belonging. Let's read Psalm 92 together today, and then we'll read Matthew 3, 7 through 10. For time's sake, I'm not going to read all Psalm 92 today, although we've done that over the last several weeks, but I'm going to jump right to verse 12 of Psalm 92, and it says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree, and grow like the cedar in Lebanon. And we talked about what that means over the last several weeks, that these are significant trees, these are large trees, these are healthy trees, these are trees that are flourishing. The righteous flourish like those trees. Verse 13, where are they? They are planted in the house of the Lord. That these trees were literally planted in the temple of that time, but yet this is the reference point for us today. These trees, where were they? They were planted in the temple. Where do you and I need to be? We need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Why? So that we can flourish like the cedar and like the palm. They flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they still bear fruit in old age. What's this telling us? Man, if you are planted in a local church that God's going to continue to use you. My mom's 74 years old. Uh, at the age of 68, she went over to Uganda, taught in a Bible school uh, for six months. Well, everybody else is going and moving to Arizona. Come on, somebody, and retiring. My mom headed to Uganda to teach in a Bible school. Now she's heading to Mexico next week. She's going back to Uganda again next year. Um, and she's not slowing down. Let me tell you something. Most people don't realize my mom's 74 because she's just going. Is that something that's natural? No, she's learned the principle of being planted, and God is continuing to use her. Amen. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They are full of, of sap and green. And that's good, by the way. So you know, being full of sap and green is good. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Amen. Now turn with me to Matthew 3, verses 7 through 10. Matthew 3, 7 through 10, John the Baptist, our Baptist is baptizing people like we did this morning. And some people come and they're kind of checking it out, maybe even ridiculing a little bit. And it says this in verse 7, but when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, well, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It's shocking when I was studying for this, uh, these messages how often the Bible uses a plant, a tree, fruit, roots, all that stuff to reference our life. And even right here with a brood of vipers. Come on, somebody. It says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Do not presume just because you know Pastor Ben, come on, that there's going to be good fruit coming from your life. Do not presume just because you come and sit in a church service every Sunday that there's going to be good fruit coming from your life. 
Do not presume just because, hey, you know, yeah, I've been reading my Bible for, you know, decades now, that there's going to be good fruit coming from your life. Don't just, just because who you're connected with, unless you're connected with Jesus, but don't say this, don't say that, okay? Let's talk about this. Do not presume that because you have Abraham, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Wow. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Wow. Let's pray. Let's talk about this. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that, God, you would speak to each and every one of us, that, Lord, we would leave this place, God, uh, examining the scriptures, knowing how that we can flourish more. God, not just flourish in a marriage. God, not just flourish in finances, not just flourish in in our singleness, but to flourish in your presence and to live Christ-like in the presence of uh, unchrist-like culture. God, we thank you that we can be that, that palm tree and that cedar tree in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, growing up on, on Woodby Island, Washington, where it rains all the time, you can get a lot of big trees. And, uh, man, everywhere you look, there's trees. But beyond the trees, my mom, and I shared this in the last couple messages, my mom had all these beautiful flower beds. Um, but when you have flower beds, uh, there's something you have to get rid of in order to keep those flowers growing and vibrant, and it's these things called weeds, okay? And so wherever there was a flower bed, there were sure to be weeds, and during the summertime, it was me and my brother's job or chore uh, to go out and to, and to get rid of the weeds. Now, sometimes my mom wasn't real thrilled with that because oftentimes we mistook a flower for a weed or a weed for a flower, because there's some weeds that got those little yellow things, and it's like, oh, it's so pretty, right? But it's choking out all the good stuff. So it was our job to go out there and, and begin to get rid of the weeds, and so we'd go out there, and we'd just start plucking weeds, plucking weeds, until we couldn't see any weeds anymore. But then, like, like three weeks later, there's weeds all over again, and we'd go out there, and we'd just start plucking all these weeds, plucking all these weeds, plucking all these weeds, and we'd be like, wow, what is, what's going on, you know? And we weren't getting paid for this, so it wasn't like we were doing it on purpose. Come on, somebody. This was our chore. This was the privilege of living with my mother. Go out, get rid of the weeds. And so, uh, and so we would do that. And so like the third time going out there, uh, we're doing this. And we're just like, Mom, this is like a never-ending battle. And, and she goes, Will, are you pulling them up from the root? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Pulling them up? I'm killing the thing. I'm breaking the top off it. You know, why, why does it keep coming back? She said, well, because you've got to dig down and you've got to get the root out. Because if you don't get the root out, then that thing's going to keep popping up and keep popping up and keep popping up and keep popping up. Today I want to talk to you very quickly about having healthy roots. Because there are some of you here today that although you find yourself planted in a church, although we teach good doctrine, although there's great worship and you can get plugged into a community group, it, it seems as though that you're like that weed and, and you might get rid of something for a minute, but, but within weeks there's that thing showing up in your life again. And what I want to talk to you about really is, is having healthy roots in, is this, is that many of you are having those issues because all you're dealing with is the surface. But if you want to have a healthy, flourishing life, you've got to make sure that you have healthy, flourishing roots. Are you with me? And so in order for us to, to, to go on and have this great life, we've got to deal with some root 
issues. Now, as we were posting this series online, um, just because we're, we're limited on staff, I have a share in doing the website stuff. And so if you ever go to our website and you see the slides that are popping up, I don't create them, but I put them up there. That's right. And then you click on that, and it has the verbiage. And if you ever see a misspelled word, which probably happens often, that's my fault, okay? Um, I do my best to have people proofread it, but I think I need to get some new proofreaders because they're so used to my mistakes now, they just read right through it, okay? <laughs> and so when we posted this one, um, I actually, I, I posted it late at night, and we're talking about, you know, to let your health, or to let your roots go down deep, but I misspelled roots, and it said toots. And, uh, <laughs> and it said to let your toots go down deep. Now, if any of you saw that, which I don't know if you did, but uh, that was my mistake, but Joe caught it pretty quickly, but, with that, but before she caught it, she took a picture of it, highlighted it, circled it, and sent it to everyone on the team, and uh, so we're going to talk. So anyway, we're not going to talk about our toots going down, we're going to talk about some roots today, and specifically healthy roots, specifically having healthy roots. See, healthy roots come from, yes, they come from good soil, and we talked about that. You got to have healthy soil. If you're in unhealthy soil, you're going to be an unhealthy plant. Uh, we, we talked about being nurtured, and so there's got to be uh, proper nurturing that takes place or nutrients that come. And so you've got to have the right nutrients, the right food, and you've got to have the proper nurturing. But listen to me. You can have all of that. You could be attending Urban or another church for quite some time, and, and there might be great teaching. It's good soil. There's people there to nurture you. And, and all those things are taking place, but yet there is a consistent area in your life that you are not flourishing. And the reason you're not flourishing has nothing to do with soil, has nothing to do with nutrients, and it has nothing to do with being nurtured. It has everything to do with you have an unhealthy root in your life. And I believe that if you catch this today, that not only will you be challenged, but you'll be encouraged knowing that you can get rid of that bad fruit in your life. Not just by going and and plucking it off, but by going to the root issue and taking care of some, some root stuff. Are you with me today? Many of the problems in our life come from this. And we need to understand that if there's bad fruit and bad leaves, it could be that there's a bad root. It's not because the soil, and here's the thing, is we want to point the finger at every other possible option. That church, man, they just, they just got bad doctrine. Man, the worship, I don't know. I mean, how can, I mean, rap, come on, you should not be, come on. I mean, what's up with that? I don't know. I mean, the, I checked out a community group, but I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. And we want to point our finger at every other person. Okay, forget church for a moment that, that maybe it's relationships. You know, you were married once, you were married twice, you know, and you're like pointing the finger at the other person, and then you get married a third time, and it ends in divorce, and you're pointing the finger, and then you get married a fourth time, and all I can say is let the fourth be with you. Just kidding. Maybe at some point, you've got to stop and you've got to look in the mirror and say, maybe there's some root issues in my life that I need to deal with. Maybe I'm the common denominator. Maybe I'm I'm the problem. Maybe there's something wrong, but not just look at the surface of that, but begin to deal with some root issues in your life. If you believe that, say amen. Let me read to you Romans 11, verse 16. Romans 11, verse 16 says this, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so the whole lump 
And if the root is holy, so are the branches. What's the Bible telling us there in Romans? The Bible's saying this, hey, if the source it came from is whole, then the product is going to be whole. If the root is healthy, then the product that comes from that root is going to be healthy also. We need to deal with some root issues. We have to deal with it. James talks about this. Where, do, where does all this stuff come from? Where do the, the, you know, the, 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 the wars and the, the arguments and all, where does all that come from? Does it not come from a deeper source? Does it not come from a deeper issue? Uh, in, our, in our house in Vegas, we have a pool. And, uh, and uh, one, one time I came home, um, we were, um, I don't know, we were gone somewhere. We came home and I, I walked into the house and I just went to the backyard. And I went to the backyard and the whole entire backyard was flooded with water. I mean, there was water everywhere. Now, unfortunately, we said that somebody could use our pool while we were gone. And uh, we came back and this was what we saw when we got back. And it was flooded. And uh, so obviously, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, we got to do something about this. And, and I'm a little bit of a handyman, and so I quickly ran and I shut off the water. Come on, somebody. That's right. I mean, every homeowner should know how to shut off the water, right? And so I found the water and I shut it off, and, and I, boom, I shut it off, and man, the water began to recede, and the pool went back to a proper level, um, but now it begins to even go further down and further down and further down. Why? Because I shut the water off, okay? Why? Because I didn't actually deal with the problem. All I did was shut the water off, okay? The real problem was that the flange was broken, that, you know, it's supposed to stop when it gets to a certain level, and then it's supposed to level out, and then when the water begins to go down, then it, it lets water in, and then it stops, right? Well, that thing was broke, okay? I wasn't enough of a handyman to notice that, and so I called the pool guy. Come on, somebody, okay? And he came, and he told me the problem, but see, I shut the water off, and I think I fixed it, but I had to go to the root issue, find the root problem in order to have a healthy pool, do you know that many of us live our life like that? That we'll find ourselves in circumstances and situations where we're overwhelmed and, and things, are, things are happening, whether it be things that are coming against us, whether it be root sin in our own life, and we just get overwhelmed and we feel like that backyard that's just, just swimming in this water and, and all we know to do is just shut off, just turn off. And we just want to turn off and, and not have to find the root problem and deal with it. And we think that because we just shut ourselves off that it's fixed. But just like my pool, if you just shut off, not only do you begin to go back down to where you were, but you begin to digress further and further and further and further until you deal with the root issue in your life. We can't just be like that. We can't just shut things off. Because if we do, our life gets uglier rather than flourishing. Are you with me this morning? We need to learn to go to the root and deal with the root issue. Matthew 3, 7 through 10 gives us a glimpse of how to do that. Gives us a glimpse of, of hey, guys, if, if, you're, if you're finding yourself in a, a season where you're not flourishing, man, check the soil. Is it good soil? Yeah, it's great soil. Man, Pastor Ben, he preaches the word every weekend. Thank you. He, pre- you know, man, he brings the word and talks about God and to do, is there nurturing going on? Yeah, they got, they got some great, com- are you plugged into a community group? Well, no, not yet. Go get plugged in. Okay. And you check all of those, but yet you still find yourself in a season where I'm just not flourishing. Maybe it's time to go to the root. Maybe it's time to look at, at Matthew 3, 7 through 10. Here's the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're coming to check out John and just say, hey, man, what, what's going on over here? Who's this guy think he is talking about repentance and, and baptizing people? and what, What's this all about? 
And John notices that, and he looks beyond just the natural checking out, and he sees their heart. And he addresses their heart when he calls them a brood of vipers. And he goes right after it. He said, man, don't, think, don't, don't you guys think you have it all together? Just because you say you're a part of this or a part of that or, or a seed, don't, don't, don't think you have it all together. And in essence, John says this, let's go and deal with some roots. And even now, the axe is being laid to the root of the tree. And every tree that bears bad fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Why is that? Because we're not just talking about a bad tree and bad fruit. We're talking about a bad root. Okay? And so Jesus, through the word here and through using John, gives us insight on how we deal with that. What does it say? It says, repent and bear fruit worthy of repentance. He talks about an axe laying to the root. And then he says, and this is what it means to you. It means that if you have bad fruit in your life, it's time to repent of some sin. It's time to get some things right. It's time to stop pointing the finger at everybody else, at every other church, at every other person you've been married to, at every other friend you've had, and start pointing the finger right here and say, God, I got some issues in my life, and I need to repent for those, and I need to get right. Are you with me today? This is what Matthew 3 is telling us. Hey, it's time to look right here. Remember the old saying, when you point a finger, you got how many more pointing back at you? That's why I always point like this now. You! All five of you. Okay. We've got to deal with some stuff. We've got to go after some root issues, and how we do that is we repent. We repent. We repent. This is not feeling bad about something. This is willfully changing so that outcome is different in our life. This is not just feeling bad. Oh, anger. I feel so bad about that. Oh, lust. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to lust after you. I feel so bad about that. Okay. Oh, pride. Oh, I feel so bad about that. No, this is about rewinding and saying, wait a second, I got to deal with that. And when I deal with it at the root, then it's like, oh, true love. True love. Anyway, you know, it's about having that, that fruit when you go back and you check out the root, check out the root. I'm still getting some feedback up here. I don't know if you can take care of that. Repent. Repent. Let me just give you this real quickly. Uh, definitions of repentance. We talked about that before. But, you know, you're going this way. And how do I, how do I get from going that way to that way? And, and what we're talking about today, how do I stop bearing bad fruit? And how do I start bearing, bearing good fruit? Got to repent. Got to turn from that and turn to this. Got to deal with things at the root. Got to lay, lay an axe to the root. Take that thing and cast it in the fire. How do I do that? Let me just give you three quick things of how you can do that. And it's real simple. Number one, or A, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Stop pointing the finger at everybody else and realize that maybe you have a part to play in it. Humble yourself. The Bible says in James 4.10 to humble yourself before the hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. Take the low road. What does the Bible say about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2? He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. What's he saying? In essence, it's saying this. Jesus defeated sin through humility. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. If you would just stop for a minute and humble yourself, man, it's so easy, man. I'm telling you right now, you, you can never go wrong with taking the humble road. Even if you're right, you can never go wrong with taking the road of humility. And that is not just something I learned by observing, that's something I learned by experience. 
Because I am not naturally a humble person. And if you're out there saying, oh man, it's my best quality, you're probably not a humble person either. (laughs) Oh, humility, it's my best quality. I'm so amazing at it. (laughs) I don't know if humility is something that comes natural to humanity, but it's something I've learned. It's something I've, I've walked out. Man, because my initial reaction is I want to be right. Especially in the moments when I really am right. Anybody else out there like that? I am so right about this. And this guy just, just humble yourself. Hey, you know what? Yeah, okay. And then go talk about him. No, just kidding. <laughs> Humility. Secondly, secondly, look to Jesus. Oh, that is so profound. I know. Hours of study, and it came to me. Look to Jesus. It's so simple, but yet sometimes so hard to do. Because we want something physically in front of us. Oprah, tell me. Oprah, what do I need to do? Dr. Phil, come on, you're on right after Oprah or before, and I just said, I need help. Now, maybe stop looking for Oprah and Dr. Phil and start looking for Jesus in the Word. And there, all of a sudden, you realize, wow, I'm really a horrible person. I should humble myself and get right. I've been trying to tell you guys that for a while. Okay. Humble yourself. And honestly, in humbling yourself, when you really truly humble yourself, you automatically begin to look towards Jesus. You humble yourself. Look towards Jesus. Hebrews 12.3 says, let's look unto him. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Let's look to Jesus. This is so simple. What are we talking about? We're talking about dealing with the root. Humble yourself. Look to Jesus. Because I, I guarantee you that every time you look to Jesus, if you've got some area in your life, that needs to be fixed, he's really good at pointing it out. And he does it, he does it in a lot more loving way than man does. But let me just tell you this, that if Jesus starts pointing out something in your life and you don't deal with it, God will bring man around to deal with it. That's why David said, I'd rather fall into the hands of God than the hands of man, because God's a whole lot more gracious than man is. And I believe with all my heart, when you see, whether it be a minister or some some prominent Christian speaker in society, and you see their sin come out publicly, I guarantee you that God approached them multiple times privately to deal with that issue. But because they did not deal with that issue, in God's grace, he brought man around to expose it. That's how much God loves you. Well, it's a good message. Dealing with the root. Lastly, how do I deal with the root? Ask. Ask. Humble yourself. You look at Jesus. Jesus, the master of pointing things out in our life. And in just a loving, caring way. And he comes, he says, you might want to deal with this. Okay. What do you do? You ask. Ask what? Ask for forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, that, that if we have sin, if we ask him to forgive us our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's pretty exciting, is it not? I don't know about you, but I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather have God come to me in those private moments and deal with me. And I'd rather get honest with God in those private moments and just say, wow, God, I need you to deal with some stuff. And if you ask God, man, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Here's the reality as we close right now. The reality is this, is, and we're talking about, about going from this going to this, planted, and, 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 and thriving, 
and beautiful. How do I do that? It, it's not just finding the right place. It's actually having healthy roots. Because the reality is this, is that if I have lust in my life, maybe it's because I'm a lustful person. If I have anger issues in my life, maybe it's because I'm an angry person. If, if, I, if I'm doing wicked things, maybe it's because I'm a wicked person. I mean, honestly, the equation is really not, not that difficult, but we need to stop dealing with the surface issues, and we need to go after the root, ladies and gentlemen. We need to go after that problem. We need to deal with the root and repent and get right with God. Are you with me today? I mean, we're so good at dealing with surface issues in our life. You know, someone might come and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm dealing with lust, and, and man, I just, I'm looking at some stuff I shouldn't be looking at. And we'll be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to get you a blocker on the internet. Okay. Number two, you need an accountability partner. They'll keep you accountable. Number three, that's number three. And we're so good at dealing with the, the surface issues. Yes, get the blocker. Yes, get the accountability partner. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're having a problem with lust, let's go to the root and deal with it there and repent of some sin in our life. Think about people that come into relationships and they, man, Pastor, I'm, I just really like this person a lot and, and we're in a relationship but we're struggling with some stuff. Really, and you begin to talk, has this happened before? Yes. How many times? Like, like 15. Maybe the reason you're having unhealthy relationships is because you got some bitterness in your life that you need to repent of so that you can have a wholesome, healthy relationship. Pastor, I've been looking for a church, and I just, I don't know, I just can't seem to find one, and how, how long have you been looking? For like 30 years. And I just can't seem to find the right one to plant in. I mean, you know, they, you know, this church has this over here, and then that church over there, and then there's this one church, and then you're going to run out of churches sooner or later. Maybe you just need to just settle and just deal with the root and realize that maybe you're carrying around some offense somewhere. And that offense has not allowed you to get planted and begin to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all my heart as we look at Matthew 3, 7 through 10 today that it's time to deal with some root issues. That it's time to stop just for a moment and just, and just stop writing it off like that's just, that's just my bent in life. That's just what my struggle is going to be. That we need to just stop for a minute and realize that, that we can flourish like a plant. We can flourish like a palm tree. We can flourish like a cedar. We can have life and life more abundant in Jesus' name. If we would just take an ax and lay it to the root issues in our life and realize that everyone else isn't the problem, but maybe the problem is I got a diseased root. Are you with me this morning? And if we would get to that place and just say, God, point it out. Forgive me. I want to flourish. I believe God is going to take you to an amazing place. God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for each and every one of you. God's dream for your life is so much bigger than your dream for your life. God wants you to lay hold of that which he has laid hold of you for. But in order for you to do that, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to go back to the root. You've got to deal with some stuff. You've got to get free from sin. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. And let's run with endurance the great race 
that is set before us. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. Do me a favor, close your eyes for a moment. I believe Urban Church is heading into one of the greatest seasons we've ever headed into. I believe we're headed into a great season of growth. This summer, we're going to begin to, begin to put some things together. And, and come September, now we're going to see this church begin to grow like never before. We're asking God what that looks like. We're putting together a marketing campaign where we're going to do everything in the natural and in the spiritual to prepare. But one of the greatest things, ladies and gentlemen, if you call this church your home, one of the greatest things you can do to prepare for the harvest is allow God to deal with some root issues in your life. And maybe, ladies and gentlemen, you sit here today, and as you sit here, I'm I'm coming to this understanding even more and more that, that his ways are not my ways, and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I'm coming to this understanding even more and more that that I don't fully understand God. I don't fully understand his ways. I'm just doing my best to hear from him as I read the scripture and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But I believe that the Holy Spirit would share this with you this morning, that there are some of you here. And maybe it's not not, uh, just, just outright sin in your life. But there are some ways and some things that you are holding on to, traditions from past churches, traditions from from, from past experiences. And God is asking you to let them go. Because his ways, I'm gonna listen to me, I'm not saying we've got it right. I'm just saying I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to some of you this morning to say, you know what, it's time to let go of that. It's time to get planted and urban. It's time to let your roots go down. It's time to let go of some of that stuff and examine the scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you and let God feed you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're getting ready to go on a course. And I'm telling you, come October of this year, this church will have you in it. But we'll look dramatically different. Because we're going to grow. We're going to see a great harvest. The harvest is ripe and ready. It's waiting. So pray to the Lord of the harvest for labors and leaders. And I believe there is is an anointing on this church. I believe there is a call upon this church to reach more people in Jesus' mighty name. Say, Pastor, are you all about growth? Yes, I am all about growth. Absolutely, there is a harvest in San Diego. There are people that need Jesus, and not one church is big enough to reach that harvest. And so, yes, I want to see growth because saved marriages equals growth. A saved child equals growth. A restored man, a restored woman equals growth. A healing equals growth. And I believe God is anointing on our church to bring a dynamic anointing to San Diego. And you're a part of that.